Outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. Groucho Marx. Hello, friends. It's my pleasure to once again welcome you to Inside the Writer's Cafe. I'm Cheryl Nason. Our show always features not only the hottest authors, but we also introduce you to exciting new authors who talk about themselves and their latest work. Do you admire people who live their life to the fullest? Are you envious of those individuals who wake up every morning excited about what the coming day might bring? If you answered yes to these questions, stay tuned to hear about the delightful adventures of a most unusual and wonderful dog. I.G. Irving Snyder is a scientist, a business executive, an avid athlete, and he's also an author. He's written technical articles for a number of journals, and he's authored chapters in several technical books. He's joining me today to talk about a book that is dear to his heart. His wonderful book is named Marley Was a Saint, The Adventures of Diamond, the Errant Labrador. Welcome, Irving. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Oh, it's such a pleasure to talk about Diamond and to talk about his adventures in your book. Actually, the book is a series of stories about Diamond and and what he did as a, a Labrador retriever. And there's always such a special bond between humans and their pets. Tell me about the special bond that you had with Diamond, because I know it was very special. Well, Diamond was a phenomenal retrieving dog. <clears throat> he was... Uh, it's an, in dogs, we're all a classic athlete. Uh, he was a dog that was born to retrieve, loved to retrieve, lived to retrieve, and uh, actually perfected several different uh, ways of retrieving. And uh, it was kind of his, his life. And how do I retrieve? <laughs> how do I drive my uh, owners crazy, <laughs> insisting that uh, I uh, participate in retrieving? virtually all day, every day. If there had been an Olympics for dogs, he would have entered the Retriever event, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And probably and, uh, won a gold medal. <laughs> well, I would think so. And there, uh, He probably would have been uh, competing for several gold medals because uh, he invented at least uh, half a dozen different types of retrieving. So just like swimming has different events, he'd have entered every possible retrieving event. How did he come to be a member of your family, Irving? Well, uh, we were looking for a dog. We moved to a a house that was uh, sort of remote. We lived in a small town, a thousand people in the town on the Columbia River Gorge. And we actually lived outside of town, right on the river. And we figured it'd be uh, very desirable to have a dog uh, for some protection and also to provide some uh, company for us. And we started thinking about different dogs, and uh, we had a, a neighbor at a former residence that had a, a, a black lab, and he called the lab Magic. We thought that was a great name and a great dog, and that was kind of our dog research. <laughs> Very short-sighted, uh, but uh, <clears throat> we decided to get a lab. One day I'm driving down the freeway, and I saw a, a, a Labrador um, breeding place, a big uh, kennel. 
stopped in there, and uh, there was probably 75 dogs there in all stages of retrieving training. Told us that in uh, about six weeks they were going to have some baby Labradors ready to go. And so we went back there. Uh, actually, it was uh, the day before Easter, and uh, we sat down, and she brought us in four Labrador retrievers, male, which we wanted. We wanted uh, also a, a golden lab. <clears throat> and as we sat there, one of the dogs just bowled over his brothers and climbed up in my wife's lap, stuck his nose uh, into her blouse, <laughs> Snuggle against her warm tummy. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we weren't even sure we were going to buy a dog, but after that, uh, you know, we couldn't leave this guy there. And uh, it's interesting. We didn't select the dog. The dog selected us. I w- you took the words right out of my mouth. How interesting that Diamond <clears throat> chose you. You didn't choose him. Absolutely. I think that is so, I love that story. Was he more your dog or was he more your wife's dog? Oh, I think uh, being a family dog, it's interesting. They He selects me to be his playmate. I'm, I'm kind of like the, the dog, <laughs> the other dog in the family <laughs> as far as he's concerned. And my wife is this kind lady who feeds him and uh, strokes his head and uh, and so forth. So, yeah, depending on what he wants. If he wants to play catch, he knows he's got a better chance of getting me to go play with him. If he wants to get something to eat, he's going to go, you know, snuggle, snuggle up against my wife and uh, tell her what a nice lady she is. I love it. Are you a, a runner? I know you're an athlete, Irving. Do you run? <clears throat> Yes, I was a runner. I was a triathlete, so yeah, I ran. Did you take Diamond with you? Oh, actually, by the time he was <clears throat> growing up, I was—I destroyed my knees running triathlons, so uh, I didn't run with him. But we went on long, long hikes all over the Cascade the mountain ranges, and um, actually, my wife and I and Diamond had great hikes. This must have just been almost like dog heaven for him. In this, it sounds like he had the run of the place, and that he could do anything he wanted, and um, there weren't a lot of restrictions on him. Oh, we said many times it was dog heaven. We had uh, ten acres; were on the water, uh, and we were able to train him so. Generally, he would not go outside the, the property boundaries, but he patrolled his 10 acres and every square inch of it belonged to him. And, and it's quite interesting. Dogs, uh, as you may know, uh, take a very narrow perspective when they're looking for things. They notice infinitely small changes in the property. They don't have the, the big view. They don't look out across the course and say, boy, it's pretty. And uh, he would go around this property every morning and things as insignificant as a little tiny flag about the size of an envelope. Somebody uh, had one of these and it blown off and down the 
bank next to the river, and boy, he spotted that in a minute, that that was different than it had been there the day before. So, uh, yes, he patrolled the entire place, and it was his. He was the king. And he made you feel safe, didn't he? Uh, we always wondered whether he would chase somebody off, uh, because generally when somebody arrived at the house, he figured they were coming to play with him, and he'd bark at him to get him to throw something. <laughs> you know, I think... But, uh, but I, one time, there were some uh, homeless people that hopped off the railroad and were walking along the property, and he didn't like their looks, and... Next thing we knew, he had him up a tree. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> they were up the tree, and he was barking at them. So, uh, yeah, I think he would have protected us. How big was he? Oh, he was big. He was about uh, 90 pounds, and uh, I say there was about 80 pounds of muscle and uh, 5 pounds of teeth and 2 pounds of hair. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, he was a dog that had a lot of adventures, and that was basically what you recorded in the book. Is that right? Yes, there's uh, there's 40 chapters, and there's about 40 adventures, uh, all of which are kind of amusing, and yet they have some, uh, some interesting uh, lessons for people. I mean, for example... Uh, you know, there's been a lot of debate over the ages whether dogs can think. And the psychologists would say, no, it's all genetics and training. I think the dog lovers would say, yeah, I think dogs can think. And you will find several stories in there which I think prove quite definitively that dogs can think. And as an example, I used to mow the lawn with a great big uh, green lawnmower go back and forth. And whenever I was outdoors, Diamond insisted that it was time to play catch. And uh, so I was ignoring him. And he went down to the waterfront, got a stick of the appropriate size, big enough that uh, it caused damage to the machine, but not so big he couldn't carry it. <laughs> and he came, he came up there and he observed the machine going back and forth and found out that he put the stick just inside of the last path of the lawnmower that I'd have to stop and not run over it. So I'd stop, pick up the stick, throw it off in the distance, say, get out of here and cut that out. And that darn dog dog would go and pick up that stick and put it right back such that the next time it went by there, I would hit it. So Arvin. Out the, the way that machine was going back and forth, back and forth, and figured out how to get me to throw the ball to him. That's amazing. And people say dogs don't think that. I mean, he saw a problem. I want to play catch. I've got a stick. I'm figuring out I could put it right here, and he has to stop every time, pick up my stick, and throw it to get it out of the way. That's to me. That's problem solving. Yeah, and that I think that proves it. And there was another great example. I mean. Every now and then we get so tired of throwing this thing. We're outdoors working that we'd ignore this poor dog. And, uh, poor dog, so I don't they, think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he felt. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one day he takes his ball up to the top of a very steep hill that was uh, right on the edge of the property, and the hill uh, fell off into the Columbia. It was actually an old volcanic uh, cone. And he dropped the ball, and it bounced down the side of this hill into the Columbia River, and he jumps out into the Columbia River, 
which at this point is about five uh, miles an hour. Indian nets out there, sometimes waves two feet tall. Ball bounce out there. He'd swim out amongst the nets, get his ball, bring it back up, take to the top of the hill, drop it off the out of his mouth, bounce down the hill, and out he go. He he developed this uh, the game. If Again, you, if we you never once threw the ball off that hill into the river. In other words, he said, if you won't play with me, I'll figure out a game that I can play with myself that still suits me. Yeah, exactly. I can retrieve. Wow. Well, I think Diamond was such an amazing-sounding dog. How long did you have him? How long was he in your life? Uh, just six years. He uh, died prematurely. Uh, he... You know, dogs have an incredible nose, but they have an incredible insensitivity to horrible smelling things. And he loved to go down to the Columbia River occasionally eat uh, dead salmon that had washed up. Oh, and this is this is a, a real problem because salmon in that area uh, have some parasites in them, and these parasites then have bacteria. And the dogs, the bacteria is very poisonous to the dogs. Oh, dear. So he went down and ate a salmon, got very sick. We took him to the veterinarian. She said, uh, the way we treat this is tetracycline. That kills the paras- uh, kills the bacteria. And then we deworm the dog, and that gets rid of the parasites. And there's a very small probability that the dog can go on an anaphylactic shock from the tetracycline, and in that case, we administer an anecdote to it and pull them out of their anaphylactic shock. Well, to make a long, sad story short, uh, he went into anaphylactic shock. They couldn't get him out of it, and he died. Oh, Irving. Well, you had him a short period of time, but gosh, what a wonderful, wonderful experience you had. Did you get another dog after him? Uh, About... Two years until uh, we were ready for another dog, and uh, we have that dog now. It's a, a Labradoodle, so it's uh, half Labrador, half Poodle, big, about the same size as uh, Diamond, a, a loving dog, a wonderful dog, but, boy, it's not a Diamond. <laughs> There'll never be another one, right? Yes, exactly. And that's, that's a little bit of why I wrote this book. I mean, there will never be another dog like this. <laughs> he was amazing. I mean, I've, I've read his adventures, and they're so much fun. I would encourage our listeners to pick up a copy of Marley Was a Saint, The Adventures of Diamond, the Errant Labrador. Tell me about the title. Uh, how did you decide to name it Marley Was a Saint instead of just calling it Diamond? Well, this is interesting. Actually... I, when we first got the dog, I was writing letters to my children, which were sort of long letters, sort of, here's what's going on with the dog. And uh, <clears throat> then, and that was before Marley. There, the, you know, the Labradors, they're so famous in the movie. The famous book, right. Yeah, you know, and uh, I had this book fairly well along before Marley showed up on the scene. And Marley was always considered, uh, you know, this 
uh, dogless, really a handful, and all the, the problems and challenges Marley presented. And when I looked at Diamond, Marley was a saint. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I had not thought about that. I don't think you and I have talked about that. I was curious. I looked at that and I thought, well, now, this is a curious title. Where did this come from? And now it makes perfect sense. When the readers finish reading the book, what do you want them to feel? What do you want them to think when they close that cover for the last time? Oh, a couple things. One, uh, dogs can think. <laughs> I love it. Uh, other thing, uh, this dog had a, an incredible outlook on on life. I mean, every day was the first day of the rest of his life. Every day was another page in the book of his marvelous adventures called Life. Uh, there were no regrets. There was no looking back. He just looked forward to the fun and joy the next sunrise would bring. And that's a, a you know a wonderful attitude on a dog. Not a bad attitude for people either. You're right. You're absolutely right. If our listeners want to have a preview of the book, they can go to Amazon.com and they can just put in Marley Was a Saint. They don't have to put in the second part. There are not two books named this. They could put Marley Was a Saint by I. Period G. Period Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R. And when they put it in and click on the book search feature, it'll come right up and they'll see a representation of the book and the book cover. And if they click on that, it'll say, look inside. And there's a really, really nice excerpt there that they can read. Are there some other places that they could go if they want to read the book or or purchase the book? Well, certainly uh, the the programs that you produce uh, for the internet have uh, you know wonderful interviews and stories there. So that's another one. Uh, you can uh, go to Google and for a while, and I think you can still find it there. There was a. Uh, a reference to the book, and there is a, uh, a video put together of uh, just the book and a, a short introduction to, to what's in the book with some wonderful pictures is, in there. Is the video available? Author House is your publisher. Is the video yeah. available on the Author House website, or is it somewhere else? Oh, I found it on... Uh, uh, Amazon, excuse me, on Google, but it's probably also available on Author House. Well, this, uh, a good point. This is such a terrific book. Are you doing any of the social media stuff? Do you have a, a web page for the book, or are you doing Twitter or any of the other social media for the book? Well, we have uh, put things on uh, Facebook. Of not on Twitter, uh, so I would say that it's been on Facebook. It uh, again is it used to be on Google. Maybe you can still uh, uh, find it on Google. But actually, Author House ran a uh, 
uh, a advertisement on Google. So for a while, it perked up the very first thing that you, when you put in your search, Marley was the saint. Came up to the number one uh, item that showed up on your list there. Do you want to give the listeners your Facebook page? Oh, boy, I'm going to have to check with my uh, daughter-in-law who has put it on there. So probably probably they could just go on Facebook and put in Marley was a saint, and it would probably take them where they want to be. That's a good uh, good idea. I'm going to have to check that out. Excellent. Well, Irving, it is such a pleasure to talk with you. And Marley was a saint. The Adventures of Diamond, the Errant Labrador, is a terrific book. Children would enjoy hearing the stories read to them. They would enjoy reading the stories. I can't imagine any family who wouldn't just love sharing this with everyone because it's just such a terrific story about a terrific dog. Thank you so much for being with me and talking about Diamond. I appreciate Cheryl, and it's always uh, wonderful to talk to you. It's stimulating and fun. Thank you. Our time is up, and we'd like to thank you for yours. Remember, pick up a good book and read. <laughs>